What's going on, guys? Finally, welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. A few days after we normally post, we apologize for that due to some scheduling difficulties. But we're back. Uh, I'm obviously Griffin Senek, as you know, and this is my co-host, Mac Rommel. As I've said for a year now, it's crazy. On July 23rd, it had officially been one year since we started Outside the Arena. So we just want to, before we start today, take the time. Thank you guys so much. For listening for watching these podcasts we really appreciate all the support we've gotten the past year it's been a great year we've had so many great guests so many great episodes we've posted weekly as well as posting on our second channel we didn't miss a single week this is the latest we've been so pretty impressive um in my opinion i mean i don't see too You're many people great. doing weekly podcasts so um, yeah and we're the ones who stick to it everyone says something they don't do it we make sure we get it done for you guys and uh, make the best episodes as possible for you guys to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. What Max said, we love doing it. We're so happy that it's been a year. We'll see where it takes us. Obviously, there's some challenges in the road ahead with Mac leaving for school, but we're still going to figure it out. If Mac's not here, we're going to have other guys that you've already seen on the channel. So don't worry about that. And also a scheduling alert. We're still going to have our normal episode uh, next week on the weekend, but also stay tuned on Friday on OTA Clips, our second channel, we'll, we'll be doing a breakdown of all things MLB trade deadline. That will be with Mac, as well as Mac's cousin, Rome, the House of Ballers, will also be joining us. So stay tuned for that. But today, we do have a lot of stuff that has happened in the, since our last episode. When we're going to start with arguably the biggest thing, which is the NBA Finals wrapped up. This has been a while ago. It's old mm-hmm. news at this point, but we're still going to discuss it. The Bucks obviously win their first title in 50 years. They beat the Suns 105-98 with Giannis Antetokounmpo winning the series MVP. And, I mean, he just did it all in game six, 50 points, 14 rebounds. Mac, I mean, an incredible performance. He was fantastic from the free throw line, the best I've ever seen him, and I think the best anyone will ever see him from the free throw line. What were your thoughts on this performance? And, you know, heck of a series for the Bucks and for the Suns. I mean, and after going up 2-0, they just couldn't get it done. Yep, the Suns, as I said, went up 2-0. Couldn't get it done once they went back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee took the series. Giannis, as you said, he won MVP of the series. He proved it, and he's proven why. He's arguably the best player in the NBA, dropping 50 in the finals, uh, last finals game. You're not going to see, I don't think, any other player in the NBA right now with the talent or ability uh, to do this and put up a performance like this. And I wasn't here for last week's episode, but before that, I said – if the Bucks want to come back and somehow win this series, you're going to need some other contributors. You're going to need Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Everyone's going to have to contribute and make some plays, make some shots if you want to win this series. They did that, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, in those following games. They played well. They helped Giannis out, and they were able to win all these games, uh, which is pretty obvious. But for the Suns, they didn't play so hot. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you needed them to have some big games. You're going to need to have these 40-plus, 35-plus point games here and there from at least one of them if you're going to want to win this series. You saw that in game one and game two, and that's when they were winning these games. After that, kind of fell off. You're seeing players like DeAndre Ayton, who here and there, get, I'd say probably once every two, three games, he could put up 20-plus points. You're not seeing that. Same thing from all these other guys. You're going to need someone who can put up points, not get 10 to 15 points Well, Devin Booker or not even getting their 35, 40-plus points um, in a game. So the Suns, uh, it's kind of like the tables turned, really. The Bucks were the ones who had Giannis contributing. The rest of the team wasn't. That switched 
the Suns became the team where it's either um, Chris Paul or Devin Booker contributing and the rest were not contributing like you saw in those first two games. But as you said, Giannis shot great from the line. The team as a whole made nine more shots than the Suns, which is a surprise. They shot 86.2%, something we're not really um, used to seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks. And then rebounds, like I said, coming into the series and really with every series with the Bucks, if they're able to out-rebound the other team, they're going to win games. And I believe every every game since those first two games, they were able to out-rebound the Suns. In this game specifically, they out-rebounded the Suns by 16. They had 53. The, the, excuse me. The Suns had 37. The Bucks overall played great, and they did exactly what I said they had to do if they wanted to win the series. Yeah, I, I think your point's interesting that you bring up um, about the Bucks needing more supporting help, or, or Giannis specifically, um, after those first two games. And that's exactly what we saw. We talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast. Now Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have really stepped up and played fantastic since those first two games. I mean, they have been playing how they've had to. Chris Middleton, obviously, a slow start to the series, but he really picked it up. He had a decent game six, and, and Drew Holiday was doing everything. He was rebounding, he was passing, playing great defense. He obviously didn't shoot too well in game six. Regardless, it was a fantastic series for him. Giannis, of course, with an amazing series. You expect that out of him. He's one of the best in the in the NBA right now. I mean, I think you look at him and Kevin Durant right now, for me, are those top two guys. I think Giannis and, and Katie really established that in these playoffs, that they're the two best right now. I think the order is hard to determine. I might put Katie first, but, you know, it, it's really, uh, you know, really close between those two. On the side of the Suns, I like the point you bring up about um, – DeAndre Aiden, he didn't play particularly well in game six. They kind of needed him to do a little more. And like you said, the, the Suns really needed someone to go off to match Giannis. And when you're playing a team like that with Chris Middleton playing well, Drew Holiday playing well, Giannis playing well, every kind of – you, you got to have a counter at some point. Chris Paul didn't have a particularly good series. He was inconsistent. Devin Booker in game six, I mean, he was due to have a not-so-great game. He only scored 19 points, didn't make a three-point shot on seven of seven. And that's going to cost him. I mean, when Devin Booker is not playing great, the Suns probably don't have a great chance of winning this game. And uh, that's what we saw. We saw Giannis dominate. Obviously, Phoenix fell up short. They have a good team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this offseason. Obviously, Chris Paul is expected to opt out in test free agencies. So we'll see what happens with him. Is he going to become a Nick? Is he going to be a Lakers? Is he going to stay in Phoenix? It'll be really interesting to see what happens. But obviously, Suns, you know, great season for them. No one expected it at all. Um, but the future, you know, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, those guys are in place right now, but who else will be there long-term? We'll have to see. We'll have to see if Phoenix can get back. To me, I feel like this is Phoenix. It's going to be their best shot for a little bit. I don't know if this team is quite going to be able to, you know, be a finals team. I just, on paper, I'm liking, you know, the Lakers, the Warriors, even the Clippers. Um, I'm getting a call. Um, we'll decline that. But, yeah, you know, I, I think there's, uh, you know, a bunch of teams in that West. We'll see what the, the Suns can do. I think it needs to be priority number one to bring back Chris Paul, regardless of the finals performance. He was huge for them this year and a major reason for their success. Yep, I completely agree with you. Chris Paul will need to come back for the Suns if they want to have success next year and hopefully repeat what they could do this year and do even better. Uh, but, yeah, Chris Paul doesn't come back. The Suns could be in a little bit of trouble. Still a good team. But uh, like you said, I don't think they'll be close to where they are now, especially without Chris Paul. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But NBA season, it was kind of a crazy one. I mean, I don't think anyone would say see Bucks Suns as the finals. I think yeah. everyone at the start was saying Lakers, Nets. So it's crazy to think that the Bucks and the Suns were the finals. But regardless, Giannis Antetokounmpo, congratulations. He gets a ring. He's really establishing himself. 
himself as one of the greats, uh, you know, potentially all time at this point, and one of the greatest in Milwaukee history, if not already the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got competition with Oscar Robertson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But moving on from the NBA, that'll probably do it. Obviously, the draft is also this week on Thursday, so we'll probably talk about that maybe a little bit next week, as well as free agency for the NBA kicking off the week after that. So stay tuned. We'll also be posting likely on OT Eclipse for that. But we're going to talk about the NFL, and there's been a lot of news in the NFL. Teams reporting to training camp, and obviously this morning on Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers has officially reported the sagas over to Piers. But obviously, it seems that they've come to some agreement that this will be a kind of last dance type thing for Aaron Rodgers. Seems like he's going to have one more year in Green Bay. Then it's going to be able to choose his own destiny, whether that will be with Denver. Who knows what will happen? I mean, I'd assume they're probably the favorites to bring him in. But I honestly don't know. So it's going to be the last year probably for him. But, Max, talk about, you know, how huge this is for Green Bay. But also – the other side, I mean, should Green Bay have just traded him? Is it really worth it to, you know, keep Rodgers for this one year and then get nothing out of him? What are your thoughts on the whole situation? I mean, I kind of see where the Packers are at, especially uh, for keeping Rodgers for this year. I think they feel that they have what it takes to go out and potentially win a Super Bowl this year. You trade him right now, the chance of that going, uh, of that happening, it's pretty low. Jordan Love, unproven. We haven't seen what he could do yet. Hopefully we see a little bit of him this preseason and he could show um, some of that potential um, Packers fans and everyone is really hoping to see. But for Aaron Rodgers to come back this year, I think this is more of a team thing uh, as well. And it impacts the entire team. You saw Devontae Adams. They were nowhere near reaching a deal or a long-term extension for him. He didn't feel like he wanted to come back. Right, Aaron, right when Aaron Rodgers decides to come back, this one Devontae Adams like, okay, I'm going to stay and we're going to try and work things out. On the other hand, on the defensive side, you have Zadarius Smith, one of the best defensive players on the team. He was a player who's not looking likely to come back, and he's one who we really haven't heard from if he's going to come back or not after this Aaron Rodgers news. But the Packers organization, I think you're going to need to look at this and see if this move impacts the entire entire team as it did or as we've seen so far with Devontae Adams and possibly Zadarius Smith. If he doesn't come back this year, you're possibly going to lose two players who are going to be key for you in the long run, and Jordan Love is not going to have a lot of success. You're going to have to build and find more weapons around him. But the Packers right now, I do think they have what it takes to go out and possibly contend for Super Bowl. You have the uh, teams like the Buccaneers. You have the Rams we'll get into in a little bit. But the team overall – they are really good. They made it to the NFC Championship last year for a reason. It's just that bum Kevin King who kind of busted them in the last seconds. Not really the last seconds, the whole game, I should say. But I think the Packers have what it takes to go win a Super Bowl this year. And uh, I think them being a contender and uh, them having to keep some of these players back and uh, not have any anger at the organization were the two reasons for uh, Aaron Rodgers to um, stay. I, I understand why they did it. I think, you know, you look at the side of it on the player's side and you know, clearly the players were siding with Aaron Rodgers and this whole thing, and they want what's best for him. And, you know, they kind of realized that, you know, if we don't bring back Aaron Rodgers or, or work something out with him to where he's happy, then a lot of these other players are not going to be happy. And it's going to be a whole mess in the locker room. It's going to be a whole mess for everyone involved. So I think they did a good job in resolving that and that, you know, this issue is finally over. Um, they're not going to have to worry about, you know, the drama and all that, they can put that to rest. On the other side, though, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, because I think now this season is Super Bowl or bust for the Green Bay Packers without a doubt. It's not even make the Super Bowl, it's to win the Super Bowl. Otherwise, none of this is worth it because the package you could receive for an Aaron Rodgers, 
would include multiple first round picks, probably NFL ready talent, um, you know, young potential, um, you know, star players. I mean, you could really bring in a serious amount of talent and package for Aaron Rodgers. So to me, if they win a Super Bowl, yeah, they'd made the right decision. But if they don't, mm-hmm. then it's all, you know, a mess and, and it's really not going to work. Well, obviously, you know, some of their leverage might have been gone due to the fact that, you know, he said he wants out. But I still don't think so, because look at them now. They've resolved the situation. So it, it's really interesting to see um, what will happen. Can the Packers win a Super Bowl? I think so. I think they're one of those top teams in the NFC. Do I believe they will? No, because I don't think they're one of the, you know, I don't even know, in my opinion, if they're a top five team in the league. You know, to me, I prefer, you know, Kansas City. I prefer Cleveland. I prefer Tampa Bay. I prefer the Rams. And I think you could honestly put Buffalo above them. I think they're in that five to six spot in my eyes in terms of, you know, top teams in the in the league. So to me, I, I just don't know if they can win a Super Bowl with this current team. I just think there's a bunch of holes. You look defensively. Um, there's some spots in the secondary where it's weak in the, you know, linebacker court's not amazing. And then obviously on offense, you know, you do have Aaron Jones. They brought him back. The O-line, they lose Corey Lindsley. So we'll see how that holds up. I mean, to me, I, I just see some potential holes and weaknesses in this Packers team that if you look at a team like the Cleveland Browns or Kansas City Chiefs team, that those teams, or especially Tampa Bay too, they don't have those weaknesses. You're not going to see those glaring holes on their team. So to me, I think the Packers, obviously they made the move that, you know, they're doing a win now and that's what they should do. But obviously I think you can look at the other side and say, well, look what we could have gone. And if they don't win a Super Bowl, I think they're going to severely uh, regret it. But I think it also is good that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, arguably the greatest Packer of all time. It's good that it seems to be a mutual, you know, good ending rather than this ugly divorce that, you know, he might retire and it's just a mess as the Brett Favre ending uh, to his time in Green Bay was. It's good that he's getting a true, um, you know, last hurrah with the Packers. Yep. It's going to be very, very interesting. And yeah, I like the point that you said it's Super Bowl or bust. All this won't matter next year. If the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, it's going to be a completely different story. Everyone's going to be shit talking the Packers for uh, their decision this year. A lot of people think it's a good decision right now. You look on Instagram, everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. But in a year from now, if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, we're going to see a lot of different posts on Instagram. Everyone hating the move and everyone calling the Packers dumb. And a lot of people who are going to call the Packers shit in organization for this decision. It's a big decision. They're choosing to roll with Aaron Rodgers. They think they can get it done. And I think that's what matters. If you believe in your team, uh, that's what matters. Let the fans enjoy their last season uh, with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be, you know, kind of like, you know, when MJ was in his last season with the Bulls and everyone knew. I mean, I can't remember where there's been something like this where it was like, you know, it, it, obviously you have when a guy retires and you know it's his last season, but where it's a situation where the team is not able to bring him back for some reason or they're unwilling and the player knows that it's going to leave and it's like this whole crazy thing. I mean, that's what we're in right now. It's literally like Michael Jordan's last season with the Bulls. It's going to be something we haven't really seen and it's not too common in sports. So it's going to be super exciting. I'm also excited to see what the Packers do because I feel like that team, will they go all out at the you know trade deadline if they're right in it and they feel like they can – you know, win. It'll be really interesting to see what they do. Maybe they, what if they trade Aaron Rodgers at the deadline if they're, you know, not having a good season? I mean, it could be crazy. We don't even know what's going to happen. So the Green Bay Packers, obviously, you know, huge team to keep, keep an eye on. It's going to be a a crazy season for them. That's for sure. It really will. And I guess with that, like I said, the Rams were coming up soon and now we have Cam Akers 
who suffers a torn Achilles and he will miss the entire 2021 NFL season. Last year as a rookie, he finished as the Rams leading rusher in the beginning of the season. He was only averaging about 6.3 um, carries a game and instantly at that end of the season, he burst onto the scene for the Rams. He's taken 20 plus carries a game and he's averaging 92.1 yards per game. He had some great production. And like I said last year, when we were talking about fantasy football, I liked Cam Akers and this sucks to see for me. I was liking him this year once again, but now you have Daryl Henderson, who's going to have to come in and make some plays for the team. He will not be playing in the preseason to avoid injury. Uh, if he gets hurt, the Rams are going to be put in a sticky situation, especially at the running back position, or maybe you have to go out and get a guy. Maybe you go back out, reunite with Todd Gurley, you get Le'Veon Bell. And I don't think the situation that team wants to be in, Daryl Henderson has showed promise in his first two years. Last year, 624 yards and five touchdowns. So for the Rams, this is going to be interesting. I don't think it affects a team really that much as a whole. We're coming into the season. I think you're looking at this team as more of a passing team. Excuse me, more of a passing team. You get Matt Stafford. You have these guys like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup on the outside. A lot of the guys who go out there, make plays. And this team, a team who actually has been known for the run uh, fairly recently, they're going to be a pass team this year. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But with the top two, three defense, arguably the best defense in the NFL and an offense that's going to be this good in the passing game at the very least. I think this team could compete. And as you said, I think they're up there as a top five team in the NFL right now. Yeah, I think the injury is very unfortunate for, um, you know, fantasy reasons, obviously, but also for the Rams. I mean, he's a, you know, budding young star. Um, and these are the years that you really appreciate in, in the running backs field because, you know, he's on his rookie contract. He's not costing a lot. Um, you know, this is really the time you want him playing because you don't know what his future will be like after the rookie contract, if you'll bring him back or whatnot. So it obviously sucks for the Rams. Does it really affect them too much? I agree with you. I don't think it does. Um, you know, Akers was great, but Daryl Henderson has also showed, you know, signs of promise. He's a pretty strong red zone rusher. You know, he's a guy who can churn some yards out. Is he going to be, you know, a strong guy for 20 carries plus a game, 20 plus carries a game? I don't know if he'll be a fantastic, but He's a guy who you can at least fill in. And, and worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, there's a ton of running backs still in the market. Like you said, Le'Veon Bell, who to me, it just seems like a cancer in the locker room at this point. I don't know if the Rams should even consider bringing him in. I mean, you hear the things he's saying, he'd never play for Andy Reid again. I mean, it's just like ridiculous, the stuff you're hearing from him. It seems like he's the problem. So I don't think him, but, you know, Todd Gurley is still available, I believe. Um, you know, there's guys like that that are, you know, maybe a reunion with Todd Gurley would actually be pretty interesting. Um so we'll see what happens, but obviously they're going to go with Daryl Henderson. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy offense this year. I mean, you bring in Matt Stafford, you trade all that, and you got good weapons, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Honestly, not big-name receivers, but they're very talented and they're very skilled yep. and uh, very underappreciated as well. So those guys will be good. Um, you know, they've got a good tight end mix there. So the offense should be good. The defense is really what the strong suit in my eyes of that team is and what makes them such a strong team. But, I mean, look at them last year. They made the playoffs with Jared Goff and, you know, God, what was the guy's name that ended up playing? Like, oh, my God, I forget his name that filled in in the playoffs and was, like, coming in oh in big games. I mean, oh my they gosh. had random guys in there is the point. And, and basically they were still able to get it done. So it shows that defense is really strong. And John Wolford was the guy's name. Oh. Um, and, um, you know, they were able to get it done. So I think with Matt Stafford, they'll be good. Obviously the Acres injury hurts, but – Cam Akers really wasn't on that team and playing to that force 
until um, late in the season, and they were still winning games. So I think they'll be all right. Obviously, a very unfortunate injury. And uh, fantasy-wise, Daryl Henderson, I think they're saying he's like a fourth-round pick. A little risky just because you never know. He could get you know removed out of there, but still uh, you know, starting running back. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yep, for sure. And I guess the next player we can move on to is going to be Melvin Ingram. He chose the Steelers over the Chiefs. He's going to be on a one-year deal. Last season, he was held without a sack through seven games. He ended up on IR from a knee injury that was lingering throughout the season and was what was possibly causing him to not have a sack through those first few games. This guy, three-time Pro Bowler before that, and actually made it the three previous seasons before last season. And through the seasons of 2015-2019, he averaged around nine sacks per season. And he's joining a loaded defense. You're filling him in with uh, for Bud Dupree, and he's going to be alongside T.J. Watt. They still have Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitz, and Minka Fitzpatrick. This defense is loaded, and I think a lot of people are starting to forget about how talented this defense is. And it's kind of shitting on the team, uh, really, because of this offense that no one really likes. You have Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. No one likes these guys, and I think that's really why uh, the team is getting a lot of hate and a lot of under-recognition. But this team, Melvin Ingram, I think he's going to come in there. He may not play as well as Bud Dupree. He's going to be able to contribute, though. But I think this defense is going to pick up right where it left off last season while Devin Bush was still on the field. It's just going to be a question mark on offense. You hear Big Ben, he's losing weight. He's putting in a lot of work. I don't I don't know if I can believe that. But <laughs> offensively, they're going to have some struggles. You have Najee Harris, but – the offensive line, it's just not there right now. You lose all your guys. You're filling them in with middle to late round picks. It's just not going to work off on, on the offensive line side in the running game. You add Najee Harris in the first round, but you're not having anyone there to help him. Najee Harris really could struggle this year um, performing. He may have to play a big role in the receiving game and play a big role blocking-wise for Big Ben. Um, but offense, that's going to be the question mark for me with the Steelers. But the defense, it's loaded. And uh, – in that division, I still think they're third, possibly fourth, honestly, right now. But I know I see your smile, <laughs> not agreeing with my thoughts, but uh, they're a solid team. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but the team definitely has a lot of talent still. Yeah, I mean, with the Steelers, um, you know, I'll, I'll just talk about it quickly. I don't think they're the fourth team. I think the Bengals are good, and they definitely improved a lot. I like some of their moves. They obviously brought in Trey Hendrickson. Um, they brought in uh, Chidobia Uzier and other guys as well. So they made some good offseason moves. But to me, um, the Bengals are still young and up and coming. And I just don't think they're right there with the Steelers quite yet. I do think they'll be improved and probably closer to a 500 team. Um, and I think it'll depend on also how Burrow is recovering from his injury. Um, that, that really, to me, plays a big factor. But with the Steelers, like you said, it, it's a good move. But to me, I don't think it really changes much. I mean, Melvin Ingram kind of in my eyes towards the back end of his career. Um, he's a guy who's, you know, 31, 32 at this point, and he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Like you said, he didn't even register a sack this coming year or this past year. Um, so to me, it, he's just a guy who um, they'll be able to fill in and he'll be able to get reps and, and play, you know, pretty solid defense, I'd say. But he's not he's not as all pro or, or you know, pro bowl self anymore. That's for sure. I mean, he's not at that level. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But obviously, like you said, I, I think you, you bring up a good point. The defense is fantastic for the, the Steelers. It's very, you know, somehow kind of has been forgotten and people have underrated the team, but they have guys like Minka Fitzpatrick who has established himself in my eyes as top three or so safety. They've got Devin Bush returning. That'll be huge. Obviously you lose Bud Dupree, who was a huge part of that defense, but you still have TJ Watt, 
still have Cam Hayward. You still have guys like that who are essential and really, you know, talented um, pass rushers. So it should, you know, it's going to be a very good pass pass rush. You have those two guys, and now you had Melvin Ingram. I think he might do very well, but obviously he's been matching on the other side of Joey Bosa, and he still kind of struggles. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, like you said, though, this team to me is still the third best team in this division. Maybe they can compete with the Ravens, but I don't think so. To me, I think Cleveland is clearly at the top. I think Cleveland is one of the best teams right now in this in the NFL, just in terms of depth, and, and they really put the pieces together and, and went out and added at the spots they needed to get better at. Obviously, um, JOK, um, dealing with COVID right now, but hopefully they'll be good for the season. Um, but they went out and made some good moves. And the Ravens, you know, they upgraded as well. And I think just still that offense – and, you know, the mix of the defense, the defense is still pretty good. They've lost some key guys and, and guys are kind of getting old there. So that defense, I think, is past its prime, but still pretty good. Um, but I think the Ravens will still be a pretty good team, 10-11 win team. Um, and I think Cleveland will be number one. So I don't think it changes my, my thoughts on the standings, but I do think that there is a potential for, um, you know, the Steelers. I think they could be a playoff team. I think, it, like you said, it's kind of offensively, it depends, Najee Harris guy I'd stay away from in fantasy just because of that offensive line. Yep, I completely agree with you. Going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Steelers in that division. Overall, obviously a very, very, very good division. And I guess lastly, for football, let's talk about Deshaun Watson, a guy just a few weeks ago we were talking. You haven't heard much about this guy, what's going on, what is going to happen, and we finally have some news. He will be reporting to the Texans training camp. And I think the main reason, honestly, is you don't want to lose $50,000 a day every day that you don't show up. He's obviously going to have to show up for that. And you're also hearing from the team, he's looking like right now that they're going to be willing to trade him. Right now they're looking for five high draft picks and a combination uh, or five draft high draft picks and some good young star players uh, combined. So we're going to have to see how this plays out, what team goes to make a move for him. I think it could be very interesting Denver, uh, I mean, we were looking like Aaron Rodgers could go there too, but I think that also be a very likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson. You also have a team like maybe the football team could go out trade for him, all these different teams that could go make a play. And you're hearing the Eagles also are a team that also has a very, very high chance of trading from Miami, possibly if Tua doesn't work out, or if you don't think Tua's the guy and you want to go get one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the league, um, you could go make a move. There's all these teams that can go make moves and really improve their team immediately. Yeah, I think the whole Deshaun Watson thing is really interesting. And, um, you know, I think the whole legal situation that he's dealing with, that's still ongoing, by the way. I mean, the fact that, you know, it's kind of just being dismissed. I mean, he's still going and, and whatnot. I mean, it's interesting to see how they've handled it, but um, you know, it, it is interesting um, to think about what is going to happen. I mean, obviously he's reporting to training camp and, and he said he's never going to play for the Texans again. So I think, you know, the Texans have kind of called him out on that bluff and kind of said like, you're going to be playing if we don't trade you. Um, you're not just going to sit out the whole year. Um, so I think he is going to end up playing. I don't know if the Texans are going to deal him now. Um, they obviously should, but I just don't think they're going to get what they're looking for. I mean, you talk about five high draft picks. It's very hard to attain. Not a lot of teams are willing to give that level of draft pick compensation up. Obviously, you're training for one of the best quarterbacks in their prime. But there's also a lot of baggage right now with all that legal situation. And I think for me, a team's not going to be willing to give up five high draft picks for a guy who literally – could be like banned from the league or, or like, you know, s severely suspended for a long time. I mean, to me, it's just not worth the risk. 
sure, he's very talented, but, you know, to give up all that for a guy who, you know, you don't even know his future and his legal situation, it, it would make no sense to me. So I think teams are going to at least wait to see how this legal situation unfolds before giving up that kind of caliber of talent. You mentioned the Eagles seem to be kind of all over him, which to me is interesting. I mean, uh, you know, it seemed like they were kind of headed for a slow rebuild, but the Deshaun Watson thing would really accelerate it. But to me, that team is still far away from competing just in terms of that defense is not there. The offensive line is starting to crumble. The weapons on offense, you know, they obviously drew draft Devonta Smith, Ed Miles Sanders, um, tight end. They still haven't traded Zach Ertz, which is very weird. I don't know what's happened there, but it's a very weird situation for the Eagles, especially if they trade Deshaun Watson. Then you're giving up all that draft pick talent to really improve your defense. To me, I, I, I don't love that move for the Eagles. I'd rather see him go uh, to a team that is ready to win now and be in the playoffs now, like a Denver Broncos, like you mentioned. That's a good team. Or a Miami Dolphins, another good option for him. So I think those are the teams that should trade for him. If there's going to be a trade, not Philadelphia, to me, that doesn't make much sense. But um, do I think that price will be met anytime soon with his impending legal issues? No. So I don't expect Deshaun Watson to be traded. Um, really in the next month. I, I don't see it. I mean, you do have to realize with the Eagles, their general manager is Howie Roseman. And they did just acquire a couple of first-round draft picks for this year. The Eagles very well could do this because they are some real idiots. I would be, I would, I would not be surprised. And I would also be happy if they could waste Deshaun Watson's career. I love that. As a Cowboys fan, that's what I'm hoping for, actually. Take away the draft picks and waste one of the best quarterbacks in the league career. It sounds familiar with Dak Prescott <laughs> as well. <laughs> it really does, but <laughs> it, I'm going to give you that one. I'll just wait till the Cowboys prove it to you this year. I'll let no, you that's know. what they say every year. I, can't, I may not be able to back it up right now, but this year, after we have our sixth ring – Things will be different. <laughs> Six ring. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We've got Mac Cromwell, ladies and gentlemen, on July 27th at 1110 in the morning, pronouncing that the Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. Put it in the papers. And freezing cold takes. Have this ready for when Dallas starts the season 0-5. And it's on okay, let's see that. To make the playoffs. We'll see what happens What's with Dallas. We want to know versus sure. the Bucks. One, yeah, that's not happening, my friend. <laughs> not, not on opening night, but you know, maybe we'll see some good fantasy performances. Zeke is is a very interesting fantasy guy, so we'll definitely be doing a lot more fantasy stuff coming up in the next month. We'll probably be talking um, a lot of fantasy football, but obviously, um, you know, stay tuned for our MLB trade deadline recap on OTA Clips, our second channel, um, as well as you know, we'll be talking NBA draft and NBA free agency coming up too. Um, and then it's the NFL season. So a lot of very good stuff coming up in sports. I'm super excited. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about in the NFL? I don't know if you have anything else uh, on the top of your mind that you want to talk. I don't think that, that there's really much else. I mean, I'm just excited to see my boy Ezekiel Alley. I mean, he's down to his late <laughs> since freshman year of college. This is exactly what I want to see. This offense about to be the number one offense in the league. I don't want to hear anything about it. <laughs> Oh, boy, the Buckeyes, Zeke Elliott, it'll be very interesting to see if he can, uh, you know, really return to that place. I think it really depends on that offensive line, though. He is yep. really, um, you know, needs that, as well as Dak Prescott. He's played well with Dak's there. Yep, Tyron Smith is back, Lyle Collins is back. Hopefully they're 100%. That would be big for the Cowboys and the team as a whole. For sure. All right, I guess with that, now we can wrap things up. 
just remember Cowboys Super Bowl champions getting that sixth ring this year. I want to be saying every time we're on a podcast talking football. Everyone, thank you all for watching. As always, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, not only on this channel, but OTA clips as well. As Griffin said, we'll be posting on there on Friday for the MLB trade deadline. And then also, make sure to follow us on Instagram if you guys want to come on OTA clips. If you want to talk, my Instagram is Mac.Rommel. Griffin's Instagram is Griffin Senek. And our podcast Instagram is Outside the Arena Podcast. So please feel free to reach out to us there. And if you guys can't make it, can't watch the YouTube videos, and if it's easier just listening to the audio of it, you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, and it's Outside the Arena on there as well. Make sure to subscribe to us there. Make sure to go listen to us over there as well. As always, stay safe and have a good one.